Hello, welcome to the Detour Live for the final time for this year's Tour de France. And we are on the back of one of the most unbelievable things we've ever seen in every edition of the race. We're joined, as always, by Johnny Trevorrow, Sam Bewley and Matty Keenan. Start with you, Matty. Is that one of the best things you've ever seen at the Tour, that ride by Pogacar? No. No, no, no. <laughs> Not one of the best thing I've ever seen. That is the best individual performance I've ever seen. That was insane. And it was summed up by the look of disbelief from Tom Dumoulin as he was watching. Not only seeing the yellow jersey slip off the shoulder of his, t- of his teammate, but Dumoulin was beaten by a minute and 21 seconds. And you look at the gap between second place on the stage and down to fifth. You had second and third, Richie and Dumoulin separated by less than a second. Handful of seconds then back to fourth place and then to fifth place, it was something like 20, 25 seconds. Everybody was pretty tight. But... Pogacar was just in a league of his own. And when the the virtual splits were coming up and he was making ground in the first 14 Ks before he hit that first intermediate check, I'm thinking, you know, the, the technology they're using, it might, let's hope that it's good because that doesn't look right. And then he goes through the first checkpoint and you go, actually, the technology is spot on. It's working. That was right. It was phenomenal. Uh, what do you think, uh, Jules, sitting at home watching on the box? Oh, mate, I was just in disbelief. Like Keno says, I was watching the um, the, the virtual ticker there, the, the timing, and I was like, that doesn't really seem right, you know? And then they went through their first time check, and it was sort of something like 13 or 14 seconds between, or Pogacar was 13 or 14 seconds quicker than, than Roglic, and I was like, yeah, you know, that's that's all right. That's all right. There's a long way to go, and there's still a, a, a big climb to do at the finish there. Roglic knows what he's doing. Has Pogacar started too fast? You know, I started running all these scenarios in my head. Then I was also thinking, oh, you're playing with a minute here. A minute's a lot, but now that's 45 seconds. Now he's starting to panic a bit. So does Roglic start to ride a little bit differently? Does he start to push a bit too hard too early? All these things were going through my mind. But at the end of the day, like, I mean, we sort of spoke about it a couple of days ago that for, for Roglic to lose the tour on that stage, he was going to have to have a bad day and Pogaccio was going to have to have a really good day. Roglic didn't have a bad day. He was fifth or sixth on the stage, and he was 30 seconds behind Dumoulin, who was second on the stage, who's been a prior world time trial champion. He didn't have a bad ride, but Pogacar was just next level. Yeah, and we're talking about off-air, if he, that shot of uh, the guys, Dumoulin, uh, watching the tour slip away was just heart-wrenching. It was, and that was the saddest thing just about I've ever seen. But one of the most beautiful pieces was look they they were looking at poor old Roglic sitting on the tarmac absolutely devastated that ugly helmet finally off and you could see the Moulin of Van Aert trying to console him how would you do that he got himself up stepped up walked straight through the uh, uh, into the middle of an interview that Podjikar was doing and uh, just grabbed him and congratulated him I thought that was a special moment in sport well, we've got the vision from UAE post on Twitter. It was inside the, the team car. It was fantastic. So let's have a look at that. Okay, really good, Tony. 600 metres to the bike change. No, 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 no. Vai, Tony! Free up. Get, get, get out of the way! Bye, 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 bye,
This is for the Tour de France. Yellow jersey. Yellow jersey, polka dot jersey, white jersey. Come on, mate, it's all for you. Best time, best time. Yeah, unbelievable scenes. We've got a we've got an interview coming up later with Alan Piper, and you have to tune in for this interview. It is phenomenal. Like uh, his story alone, Keenan, is pretty inspiring. Oh, he's got a wonderful story. I hosted a show on SEN long ago as I was just starting out in commentating. And the first person I really wanted to interview about his life in the sport was Alan Piper, just as he was returning to be a sports director with the then Lotto, the Predictor Lotto team. And there was a really nice message that was from Mark Sargent, who's now still with the Lotto team, looking after Caleb Ewan. And he was congratulating online Alan Piper. And Alan wrote back and he just said, thanks for believing in me because it was Mark Sargent who gave him that chance to return to the sport and he played an important role with Cadell as well at BMC. He played a really important role with Mark Cavendish at HTC. Alan Piper is one of the most undervalued or under-recognised resources within Australian cycling and under-recognised in terms of his achievements as well. He's just a wonderful guy to be around. John knows him really well. He's a guy that I looked up to when I was a kid because you had Phil Anderson, he was winning lots of stuff. And you know where you're at as a junior pretty quickly when you're finishing last in all the races that you ride. So Alan Piper was my hero because he was the, he was the workhorse and he was the one that wrote fantastic articles in uh, the magazines and you could always learn from him and you're still learning from him. And the way he conducted himself, he did an interview recently when he was asked about his role as a sports director and he played himself down, as Alan always does, and he said that Tade is making us look good. Alan makes everybody around him look really good. Yeah, it's fantastic. And if you were talking about um, how well he used to write in those days, like he'd take you in the race. Oh, he, he's one of the great uh, cyclist writers, you know. <laughs> he was riding, uh, as uh, Matty, you were just alluding to, back when he was racing with Panasonic and things. And <clears throat> when I ever read anything of, of, of Alan's, the hairs would be standing up the back of my neck. He put you in the race. And he was just, a, yeah, had a real gift. Yeah, uh, every and time he sorry, every time he right. spoke as a writer, every time he did an interview, every time he spoke, or every time he wrote an article, you learnt something. Yeah. It was amazing mm -hmm. listening to him when he was racing, and you're still learning something every time he talks now. He's one of those guys that when you're around him, you ask questions and you speak as little as you possibly can and keep your ears completely open. Uh, obviously, another big talking point, Matty, uh, for the coverage was Richie Port uh, to get that podium spot. Unbelievable. Yeah, I was always pretty confident that he was going to get Lopez, but I didn't think Lopez would have such a bad day. And I was, you know, the Lander result was about where I expected him. And this is what Richie deserves. When you look back at all the bad luck that he's had, and again, he had some challenges within this tour. Stage 7, he lost a minute 21. He had the puncture on stage 18 that he recovered from, but that could have been a disaster as well. Richie deserves this podium. And this will be a defining moment in his career. Australians first went to the Tour de France in 1914. So we've been going to the Tour for 106 years. Until tonight, one Aussie has stood on the podium inside the top three, Kidal. He's been there twice second and he's won the race. Sure, Richie hasn't won it, 
But that gives you a bit of perspective on how hard it is to get onto the podium. Richie is only the second guy to reach the podium. This is a historic moment in Australian cycling. He's a, he's well liked, didn't he, Bills? Richie in the in the peloton. Yeah, he's a cracker, Richie. He's always up for a yarn. Hey, he, uh, I was actually talking to him on. Uh, I might have actually been stage ten the day that I the day that I crashed out, but we were having a chat at the back of the bunch uh, early on in the stage, and he was telling me that uh, his wife was basically about to give birth. Uh, you know, that day or or the day after. Um, you know, so he and and, and he, he did a post-race interview after yesterday's stage as well that I that I that I watched and I found quite emotional because he he alluded to the fact that the sacrifices that him and his family, his wife particularly, made for him to stay there, to have that opportunity to finish on the podium. I mean, he missed the birth of his second child and that wasn't something that he wanted to do, of course. Um, but this was an opportunity for him to to finish on the podium at the Tour de France, somewhere where he's been He's deserved to be. Uh, you know, when he was with Team Sky, he, he was one of the best bike riders in the race. He was obviously working for Froome. Then he left the team for his own opp- opportunities, and he's had nothing but bad luck. Uh, and then this year, you know, the things just went the way they should for Richie. And, uh, you know, he, he, he's a cracker. He's, he's a laugh. He's always good to talk to. He's friendly. Uh, he, he's a real Aussie bloke. So I think Australia should be extremely pr- proud that they have an Australian on the podium and someone who represents their country so well. Uh, just I, said, I, sent him, I just uh, I sent him a text just before trying to get him to come onto the show, and he uh, he was a bit tied up. But he said to say, "G'day, wagon." Who, who's <laughs> what's his what's your nickname, wagon or something? Yours is it? Yeah, it's a nickname I, I got uh, years and years and years ago in the track team, actually. And not many people call me wagon over here. Uh, all my mates back in New Zealand that were in the team pursuit squad with me call me wagon. Uh, but somehow, somehow, Richie's Richie's got on board with it, and uh, yeah, every I always hear him every stage of the tour, or every stage stage, or every race I do, I always hear a wagon from somewhere in the peloton. <laughs> no, wait, what's the wagon come from? Where, where's it? Where's it come from, mate? Uh, it comes from my uh, my dad's Toyota Hilux. Uh, it's done just clicked over five hundred thousand kilometres last summer when I was home, and we used to travel around the country in in this, and it was called the Bewley wagon. So everyone started calling me the beauty wagon and then it shortened down to the wagon. Fantastic. Bill, on Richie, do you think he's benefited from the coronavirus and the lack of media that are at the race? Because Richie's somebody that doesn't like the media attention and it's allowed him just to go about his business more quietly. Yeah, and I think what it's done is it's just taken the pressure off his shoulders. Uh, you know, he he's always been, it's, especially when he left Sky and he went went to um, to trick to take his own opportunities at the Tour de France. There was always a lot of pressure on him. People were always saying Richie has left so that he can try to win the Tour de France. There was always a spotlight on him. Like you say, the media were, you know, that media bubble, that media scrum was always around him. Um, it's it's given him the opportunity to have no pressure on him. People like you know, they can't breathe down his throat or throw questions down his throat. He's just been able to sit on the bus, have his coffee, uh, just go about his business and just quietly make his way through the tour. And, you know, really until the last the last week, he was um, doing things very quietly. And, people, you know, he was always there or thereabouts, but not until the last couple of days people started to think, oh, hang on, Richie Port's a podium chance here. And uh, and he just had, had – he's a world-class time trial rider. He's won time trials in, in his time, so – I think it made a big difference to have the, you know, for him to go about it in his natural way. Yeah, just I not, think it made a big difference, that lack of focus on him. Well, just on that grab you're talking about, I actually got it, Bills. 
So I can uh, play a snippet of that uh, for you guys now. You've told us throughout the tour that you haven't felt any stress or pressure, but you're under a lot of pressure today to pull that out, and you pulled it out. How satisfying is that? Uh, I mean, it's hugely satisfying. Uh, you know, we, we came here with, without any real pressure. I mean, in the lockdown, I didn't think this race was going to happen, and then me being me, the timing to miss the birth of my second child, uh, you know, I, my wife said to me, come to the race and, and do your best and if she sees me at the back of the peloton being you know sulking she'll be upset with me so to come here be third um, you know it's a, a massive sacrifice maybe the biggest one to miss the the birth of a child but this is sweet you know this is a photo I'll have on the wall uh, when I retire you know on, on the on the podium in the tour and I'm just over the moon you know it, it feels like a, a victory to me to be third. You'll be on the podium, um, which is really probably where you belong, but it's taken a long time to get there, hasn't it? Look, it's been so many years of, you know, disappointments, crashes and, and whatever, dramas. But, you know, we had our dramas here. Um, we had the in Leon there with Kenny's bike and then the other day with the puncher. So to, you know, come away at the podium, the, the team's been fantastic, you know. It's no secret that I'll be leaving Trek Segafredo, but the way they've gotten around me this year um, and supported me, you know, you had the, the world champion as my bodyguard and, and all the boys have, have played their part. So, yeah, it's just, just incredible. Just a word on Pogacar, um, well, taking Roglic to the cleaners, really. Did you see that coming? No, not at all. And, I mean, those are two, you know, great guys and, I mean, Pogacar's a, a huge champion. I think, you know, it's going to be interesting with Bernal next year. They're the future of the sport, you know, they, they really are. So I think it's going to be a, a fantastic uh, tussle next year. And, you know, I think Roglic deserved to win the tour, but Pogacar, uh, the, the ride he did today was absolutely incredible. Yeah, fantastic. You can see the emotion there, Kano. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a great interview. Fantastic. It, it is It is a win. To get on the podium and finish in third position is, is enormous. There's a lot to come out of that that I'd actually like to touch on. The first one is about Roglic deserved to win the tour. And we started by talking about the images of uh, Van Aert and Dumoulin watching Pogacar as he was coming to the line. Bules, were you riding the Giro with Simon Yates in 2018? Were you part of that team? Yep, I was there. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so what was that like? He lost the. What was that like? And 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 what was the atmosphere like around him? Uh, it wasn't quite as dramatic as what we saw yesterday, but it was still pretty dramatic. And how did you go about trying to support him in that moment where there's really nothing you can say? Look, there isn't anything you can say, and and I mean I don't know Roglic. Um, obviously, I certainly don't know him like I know Simon, and. At that, for us in 2018, the, the big hurdle was the time trial uh, on stage 16 of the of the Giro. You know, Dumoulin was breathing down the necks, down the neck of Simon on the GC, and we thought uh, if Simon can get through this TT uh, without losing much time to Dumoulin, then we've got a real shot. And he did. And at that point, we started to believe Shit, we're going to win this Giro. You know, um, in the end, yeah, it was. We we lost it. We ha we held the duty for two weeks. Very similar to what's ha what happened with Jumbo Visma here. They they led the race for so long, came down to the last day. Simon lost it with two days to go. And Kino, there's nothing you can say, you know. And everybody is everybody in the team is absolutely gutted. Uh, what happened in that situation with us was Simon was 
apologizing to us. He was like, oh, guys, I'm so sorry for all the work you've done. Mate, I looked him in the eye and I said, what the hell are you saying sorry for? You have exposed people like myself and you have exposed Crystal Jensen. You've exposed all these guys in your team to show the world that what we do in our job, we do it well. You exposed us. You've given us an opportunity we would never have had before. You've done this organization proud. You should be proud of everything that you've done. Look, it hasn't happened, but come back next year and let's have another crack. And um, But, yeah, you, you, you can't really say anything. You, you actually just have to crack a cold beer and um, and just sort of uh, feel flat together, I suppose. Yeah, and we yeah. saw those images of Dumoulin trying to console Roglic yesterday. And Dumoulin is probably the best one in the team to be able to do that because he's been second at the Tour, he's been second at the Giro, and he has won a Grand Tour, he has won the Giro. But there's still nothing you can say. And those images of Roglic immediately after he crossed the line and he sat on the road, it was the modern-day Laurent Fignon back in 89. And when he goes and he sees it's a compatriot, a guy from the same country with 2 million people, and he's eight years younger than him, that is going to be really hard for him to swallow. And Laurent Fignon, sadly, up to his death, he never recovered from that second-place finish in that tour, despite the fact that he won the tour twice. And John McEnroe talks about all the tennis matches that he won. He can't remember those in detail, but he can remember the Grand Slam finals that he lost. I think there's a really hard road ahead psychologically for Primoz Roglic. And also, Bills, remember when Esteban ran second in the Giro, the other issue is, I remember the team got a car, stick it up in pink, and they that was a bit of a write-off. I think the, they had all yellow bikes ready to go for the uh, Visma team. Uh, it's it's got to be look, tough. Look, mate, the reality is this is going to sting for a long time. And, and you actually just have to write it out. You have to write it out. It's, it's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can do. Uh, it's just going to sting. And I and I spoke to George uh, George Bennett last night briefly. I just sent him a message, a really short message, just saying, "Hey, look, mate, I'm I'm hurting for you guys." And uh, obviously, he was he was feeling pretty devastated. And I sent him another another message this morning, and I just said to him, "Look, mate, I know that you guys are probably feeling absolutely flat today, um, but be proud of what you've done." And this was more of a personal message to George, saying, "Be proud of what you've done, mate. You, you you've raced through this Tour de France with." busted ribs you've crashed you've been crook but you've been there for the boys you guys you know there's plenty of um really cool things that you guys can take away from this tour de france you've got stage wins the experience of riding in the yellow jersey for so long uh so be proud of what you've done and, and do your best to try to enjoy the ride into paris today i mean i know it's not going to be easy for any of those guys uh but i really hope um that they can find some solace in some way and and i hope that van art wins the stage today Finish it with some silver lining. I'd That's love a good him, point. I'd love him to win the stage, and he can. Uh, you know, yeah. I'd, I'd pref- like Caleb, obviously, I'm a bit biased towards Caleb, but given what they've been through, and they have been the team of the race, the way they control it from day one, particularly with Tony Martin, it'd be, I don't think anybody would begrudge Walt Van Aert winning that stage, except for a family in Barrel, New South Wales, and a whole team around <laughs> Lotto Sudal in Belgium, and maybe Robbie McEwen. <laughs> you know what I love about Bully? He's a good teammate. He's a good bloke. Uh, he always knows the right things to say. And I remember even talking about the final days when uh, Esteban made the podium and Billy wanted to get amongst the uh, the Colombian fans. Uh, I've got just a short little clip I want to show of that, that moment. Right, guys, we're waiting for uh, Esteban and Maggie to get back from the podium and we're having a couple of quiet beers. 
saw a whole bunch of Colombians out there, so we're gonna go and G them up with a bit of Shakira. <laughs> no fighting. No fighting. No fighting. Yeah, yeah. Shakira. Safety safety. It was a flop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sensational. I never get sick of watching that. Colombian fans, does it? Oh, it was so flat. Yeah, that, I just remember. that's what happens when you race a three-week grand tour and you have half a beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was brilliant, uh, mate. That was a highlight. That's going to get a run next next race. I commentate on that. You're in. That's getting a mention in commentary. Oh, I'm going to retire uh, then. I'm retiring. <laughs> but before that we get in the wagon, yeah, that's right. Before we let you go, Maddie, um, just on the the COVID experience commentating for back here, you guys collectively must be pretty proud of of the product that you've put out uh, this year, and given it's such an amazing race too. Yeah, we have been. And having Robbie in Sydney, Bridie in Melbourne for the first time commentating with three people, that's been a challenge in itself logistically. And to be honest, I've really loved it. I've known mm. where my accommodation is every night, so I haven't been lost. I've been able to find somewhere to eat every night. It's in the home kitchen. And I've been able to see my kids each day. I've actually really enjoyed the experience. Sure, it'll be great to go back there next year. But, you know... I wouldn't swap this for having been there on the ground. This is a one-off, so I'll stick this in the pocket. I'm pretty happy with how the year's gone, but I'm already looking forward to next year. Bernal returns. Pogacar's back as the defending champion. Maybe Remco Evenepoel makes a start. We've then got across elsewhere. We see what they do at Jumbo Visma with Primoz as he come back for redemption. And Peter Sagan back for revenge in the race for the green jersey. How many days have we got to go to the start of next year's tour? Oh, and hey, you've got and Froomey. Hey, hey, and Froomey. Exactly. Froomey Thomas. Israel. Yeah. Thomas. But you know what? I just, every, we're all sort of riding off uh, uh, Richie in saying that this was his last chance for, for a real shot at the, at the GC because next year he will, uh, you know, he's going to Israel, evidently. It's, but, uh, no, he's going to the Ineos. It Ineos. Is going, it is Ineos, is it? Yeah. I heard it was Israel. Some A plus uh, research well, on the detour live, guys. I don't think it's been has it been officially announced anywhere. No, yet? no, no, no. Yeah, no. there's plenty of rumours, but yeah. I'll uh, side with Kino on that one. Uh, okay, because oh, I was hoping it was Israel because if he went to Israel and uh, Froomey didn't come up, then uh, it would Richie would be back as the number one man. But uh, so band back going... together, Rumi and yeah. Froomey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Good All right. Stuff. Well, we appreciate you joining the show, Keen. It's been fantastic. You've uh, really polished this uh, this product up, mate, for sure. And uh, mate, you've I've done really a fantastic job. Thanks, guys. Fantastic Good luck with the recovery, Sam. Cheers. Cool thanks, Good night. Yeah. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Thanks, Matt. Matty Keenan, what an absolute superstar of the sport. Now, as we said, we've got a massive show coming up. We've got interviews with Alan Piper and we've got Matt White as well. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, they've done an amazing job if you're considering like all these logistics that they've had to deal with with COVID and, and the commentary has been like A plus, particularly this year. I agree. 
It's been absolutely fantastic. <laughs> it is <laughs> doing a massive yawn. Now, 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 three weeks, mate. It's been a long three weeks. Okay. Now, I don't know what's going on with the software tonight, but I can't get any of the viewer comments. Like, they're not popping up. So there's a problem. There's a little glitch. So it's, we've got to the very end and we can't get the comments up. So apologies about that. Uh, so to, I'll go to Facebook and find them if you want. We can just yeah. read them out. You do that. Let's play the interview with Matt White we did uh, earlier today. Matt White, last time we're going to speak to you for a while on the Detour Live. Um, it's been a bloody good tour to France and that stage, mate, people are going to be talking about that time trial for years to come. Yeah, look, it was. Uh, Johnny picked it. It was the ride of the last... Mate, it was incredible. Ride. I'm still trying to get my head around the, the ride that that young fella did uh, to take the Tour de France uh, on the penultimate day. Uh, I, f- I feel sorry for Jumbo because they've, they've certainly controlled the race from start to finish and to lose it in that manner. They'd be pretty disappointed, but uh, it was a nail-biting way to uh, end uh, the battle for GC yesterday afternoon. You probably wouldn't have noticed the uh, the coverage in the coverage that we were watching, which was fantastic, and all the time splits were really accurate and we were getting great sort of rundowns. But in the last three or four K, I had a, a cutout in the top of the screen and it had De Moulin and Van Aert watching, you know, and you could just see the two unravelling in front of their eyes and we were watching them watch it. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, look, uh, I've been there myself with, back in 2000 with the Giro d'Italia when we, we led the Giro with Casa Grande for 14 days. And lost it on the penultimate day time trial as well. So I know, I know what those guys, uh, how gutted they are. Because when you put everything into protecting a leader and working for a leader over such a long period of time, and to lose it in a time trial where it's you know it's got nothing to do with you, uh, those guys definitely would be gutted. Well, it's funny, like when when AFL players lose grand finals and they even go on to win a grand final the next year, they still have traumatic, like brain trauma from that experience of getting so close, um, even. With that experience in the Giro, I mean, guys would never get over something like that, yeah? Yeah, I think everyone reacts different to different circumstances, but uh, it's, you know, they'll be back next year. Uh, but, you know, you never know. It's a sport. There's only some, sometimes a window, your window for success is a, is a long period of time, sometimes a short yeah. period of time. You never know what happens in next year's tour. So it, 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 it'll always be there, that's for sure. It'll always be there. But look, that, They've ridden brilliantly uh, this this tour, Jumbo, and uh, I'm sure they'll come back uh, with another plan next year. And and obviously everyone has to adapt to whatever course the course is next year as well. I think it's been a quite quite a different course this year. And uh, and then they put your cars coming out on top. I, I think it's going to be hard. Look, you said the exact spot on there, mate. There's a there's a window. This was uh, um, Primoz Roglic's window, uh, and. Um, you know, I don't know that it's going to open up again for him because I just can't see Pujakar uh, not being uh, you know, even better next year. And uh, I reckon UAE will build, be building an amazing team uh, around him for next year. Yeah, look, they, they probably need to go by a few climbers, that's for sure. Uh, they'll be under a different pressure next year as well because mm. this year they basically rode off the back of, of Jumbo's dominance. But um, he'll be going wherever he goes in the future. He'll be... Uh, He'll be earmarked as a big favourite, not just the young kid who, with a lot of potential. And uh, they will have to bolster their roster, especially in the climbing ranks, because 
it's um it's a different pressure we're coming in as a favorite and coming in as a as a young new up and comer off the back of others so be interesting rider market over the next uh, month or two um but uh it's what, what a tool for slovenia first and second uh you know, the story of those two they've got a young 21 year old and his first tour de france winner and then Primoz's story, you know, he was a he was a world level ski jumper about ten years ago. Yeah, you know, I think he'd ridden a bike ten years ago, and he was so close to winning the Tour de France. He's already won the Vuelta and come close in the in the Giro as well. So, incredible story. And uh, I suppose for us, the uh, Richie on Richie on the podium. What a what a day for Australian mm. cycling as well. That was an unbelievable yeah. ride. Um. How how is it for the final day into Paris? Um, I heard that there's a bit of an outbreak with the with the whole COVID situation. Uh, all I know is, uh, is France yesterday had seventeen thousand cases yesterday, and Paris they're just limiting really limiting the uh, crowd today. So the, the police had it blocked off from six a.m. this morning. I think there's five thousand people allowed on the whole circuit. So. I don't know how many people they normally get, but it's uh, it's a big, big crowd normally, and it's going to be uh, it'll be it'll feel different this year for sure with uh, such a small small crowd. That was part white, white uh, part white, part one of the chat with uh, Matt White. Uh, he's part two. Did you guys fly up last night or TGV or, or was Mate, it no, no flights at all this tour. So after oh, the, right. the the first rest day, we had a, a massive transfer, five hours in the bus. After the stage, right, and yeah. last night we had three and a bit hours, and we've got three hours this morning. So we're off in uh, twenty minutes, and uh, big transfer up to Paris because uh, they didn't want to keep everyone in on, in the plane together. So everyone stays in their bubble right till the end, and that's uh, that's the bus and tr- cars that you've been travelling in. Uh- Obviously, Luca uh, second on on the stage uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, how's he feeling for the last day hit out, mate? Good, good. He's up and about. He's definitely up and about. And I think for us, it's uh, probably the first time since Gossi in uh, 2012 we've had a, a guy with a legitimate chance of, uh, of a big, big result on, on the Chanceliso. So uh, you know, all the boys have been for him, uh, working flat out for him in the final today. We'll sit back and uh, it's all about position. You need a bit of luck, but also you need some good position going into that last uh, last couple of corners. And uh, Daryl and the boys will be, uh, be positioning him as good as they can. You know what I should do, Ify? I should put money on Mezjek and then I'll cash out with a lap to go and then he's got a really good chance of, of saluting. <laughs> for sure. What do you reckon? Yeah, he, did, he did it again uh, yesterday, Warren. He, 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 he backed Project R and then cashed out. He's done it oh, twice now. Uh, no, I, ca- I cashed out because you sold Richie so well and we had Alan Piper on and he was talking about how meticulous they were with their planning. I mean... Looking at the stage back again with the time trial, it did really come down to how much recon you did, where the bike drop. All these things come into the prep, don't they, Whitey, for, for a stage like that? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, with Adam, Adam came up before the Tour de France and he actually lived for two years in that area, so he knew the climb very, very well. Um, but he, we, I think all the leaders would have had a good look at that that course. We didn't go look at it in the morning because uh, he, he uh, Adam came up for the Dolphinet uh, and uh, and check the, the 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 course out, but yeah, practice practice certainly helps. I, I didn't see much of the vision, but I heard some of the bike changes weren't as fluid as others. But uh, at the end, 
the, he was just too strong, uh, and it wouldn't matter by looks at whatever bike he rode or whatever bike change he had. He was just no. by far the strongest on the day. Um, yeah. At the end of the tour, everyone loves to go back and reflect and think about you know what the thoughts were from day one to now. Um, what are some of the standouts you think uh, team rides and and riders themselves that really jumped off from this twenty twenty edition for you? Yeah, I think uh, besides our Tour de France winner, uh, Pochicar. Uh, I think Hershey's probably been a big revelation of uh, of this race. Uh, we knew is obviously class act, you know, winning an under twenty three world title two years ago. But you now there's sometimes there's a big jump from that under twenty three level to the world tour level, and especially winning at the tour. And he seems like he's made some very big progressions in twelve months. Uh, he's been the standout. He's that he raced in a very similar style to Alaphilippe was racing last year. I think three three times he tried to get up the road, three breaks, and he was up for the win three times, winning two. <laughs> so he's been a revelation. I think Jumbo's, uh, the way they strangled the race was very impressive. Uh, obviously, on the other side of the fence, uh, it does limit. It did limit a lot of opportunities for breaks this year. Not too many breaks went to the line. Um, they were very, very controlling of, of everything, uh, even up until 24 hours ago. Whereas they could have let a lot of breaks go to the line and, and not worried. And, and in the end, you know, two of the times they controlled the, uh, the race, uh, Portugal won the stage and picked up, some val- picked up valuable time bonuses. So maybe they'll learn from that and maybe next year if they come back with a similar style of team, they'll be a little bit more relaxed and, and let, the, let the breaks go down the road, and which then uh, takes bonuses out of, uh, out of the equation. And the other one, interestingly, with Roderick, I, I knew he was good here and... Uh, but he never really went on the attack. Like they quite conservative the way that he rode. And it would have been interesting when he was a bit fresher in the race if he'd actually gone after and put other people under pressure. It looked like he was just always content to follow. Um, a, a very impressive performance from him. And I suppose on and our and our and our team, uh, obviously Luca. Luca has been uh, as his first Tour de France. Uh, we came in with a, a different role for him, and that's that's riding for him. He's been a support rider, a great support rider for many years in this team. And uh, for him to get those opportunities in his first tour and take them um, is very, very pleasing. And he's going to leave here with a hell of a lot of confidence moving forward for the rest of the season and uh, and next year. Some good insights there again from Whitey. Uh, what do you think about the stuff with Roglic and, and the fact that he wasn't uh, attacking as much as you've seen the, the leaders of the race do, if he? Well, I disagree slightly. I, I thought they rode a very, very intelligent race. Um, he, he set it up the, the day up the, the Col de la Loz. That was the day he decided to, to go into attacking mode and he took 15 seconds uh, out of uh, Pojica. Uh, turned out not to be near enough. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, I don't reckon they could have really played it much different. I thought they, they felt in control. I think that, you know they had their party all planned for, for tonight in Paris, I'm sure. So they, they will be devastated. I don't think they'll look back and say, oh, look, if we had done this or that, I, you know, seriously, if, if uh, uh, Pozica didn't lose that time in, in the side wins, a minute 20-something or whatever he lost, uh, when it split, you know, he, he probably would have even been more comfortable. But they wouldn't have wanted to get the lead any earlier. It's worked out perfect for them. They didn't have the team. They had too many out. And even if they didn't have anyone out, they didn't have a team to defend that yellow jersey. So this is just, as Alan Piper said yesterday, um, put the slippers on and, and ride into Paris. <laughs> um, uh, 
So on on the the putting the slippers on and riding into Paris, I have managed to get the questions up. Uh, I oh, think on beauty. Facebook. And I've, this is a question for you, Ify, um, based on what you just said there. Comes from Caroline Harbeck. She said, "Question for John: Who, when, and why have they started the gentlemen's agreement to not to not attack the leader of the Tour de France on the last stage into Paris? And what would happen <laughs> if someone did?" It's a great question. It's a good question, but it really it it, it comes from something that uh, a misunderstanding of how the sport works. That's it's not about that. It's about you've had three weeks to win this tour. If if you're still twenty seconds or thirty seconds down or a minute or whatever, there is no chance to get that back. The sprinters' teams are all going to chase you down anyway. There is just it's just be wasted. Everyone will be dark on you for spoiling the day because. There's not, now, if it was just a couple of seconds and there were to, maybe they would try something to get away for us to get the bonuses from a sprint or something like that. But it, it's not a matter of it's an agreement. We're not going to attack each other. It just would be futile. It's the whole thing, futile. So they'll, they roll along early, have a champagne, have a bit of a laugh, and then it gets serious. And, when, and once you, they get towards the shops, let's say, that is as fast a racing as you see anywhere. Everyone wants that stage. So it is on, as you would say, Dan, like Donkey Kong. It's on. But in the early part, it's just, you know, they've had three weeks. The tour has been decided. It's over. There's no chance to get that. There's no way Jumbo can get rid of Potichar tomorrow and gain uh, 59 seconds. It can't be done. So why bother? Yeah, and it's a horror scenario. Like if he bend it or whatever, um, and they got a gap. No one, no one wants to see that. Like you know, uh, Billy, internet issues. Uh, yeah, he's been playing with the the wires. <laughs> All right, we'll go to part three while Billy gets his uh, internet sorted. And what are what are some of the key things you're going to take into next year's edition uh, for the tour from what you've learned from this one? Well, we first we'll have to sit down at the end of the year and see what the what the course is like, mate. Um, and then we'll, what we do the same sort of process is you know we'll see what the courses are like, see what the, what our calendar is going to look like next year, and then mm. uh, you know our team is going to look a little bit different there with uh, with the addition of Michael Matthews. So there, there'll there'll be some stages that uh, which are similar to the ones that Luca Luca was successful on. So I think that's going to be an exciting combination, Luca and uh, and and Bling, next year. Uh, and then work out what we're going to do with the Giro and all and all our other riders. But uh, no, the the group I've had here, it's it's a it's a, it's a similar group to what I've had over the last couple of years, and uh, I'm really happy with how they they gelled and uh, and they they committed they committed 100. And look, it hasn't been a normal Tour de France or normal preparation period for any team, and I think our guys uh, can certainly hold hold their head high. Oh, definitely. Anything you want to add, Ify? Yeah, no, it's a year now, the old uh, Aussie uh, vernacular. Um, it's been uh, great to have you on uh, nearly every day. I think we gave you one rest day for the whole three yeah. weeks. So it's been great, Whitey. You've been uh, a stand-up as always. And uh, I'm, I'm guessing you'll be uh, – are you going to the Worlds or just straight to uh, the Giro? No, I go, go home uh, Go home tomorrow for nine days and then uh, then off to Palermo with, for the start of the Giro next Wednesday. So it's a, it's a pretty short turnaround. Usually, usually it's a month between and the other way around, Giro into the tour. <laughs> but no, no, I'll be watching the Worlds on television next weekend, like you guys, and yeah. uh, and then uh, pack me bags and off to Southern Italy to get uh, to get the, the team rolling down there. And now and our uh, our goal of winning the Giro with uh, Simon Yates. 
Yeah, Good luck, we mate. definitely are in for a big chance, mate. So, yeah, thanks again for joining us on the detour, mate, and uh, enjoy the final day and all the best for the Giro. Yep, pleasure. See you, guys. Thanks for having me. See you, See you thanks, mate. mate. Breaking news, Sam Bewley has had a power cut to his building, uh, but he's on the phone. <laughs> Why is Sam? I just, I just had a power cut. It <laughs> <laughs> so, literally wiped out your internet everything. Yeah, this is just going off. Lights are off. Oh, so the oh. Facebook, uh, you, you you saved us with the Facebook and you've lost them again. Yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> we, might be we, might, we might be back on in a second. All right. Well, if you do want to do you want to go through the sponsors now while we, we work out this power cut in Girona? Okay, mate. Okay. Well, for the last time, we'd like to thank our great partners in, in this uh, uh, Detour Life. Uh, and of course, Lexus of Blackburn, wonderful uh, friends of the cyclists. They're, they're uh, great sponsors of cycling. They're sponsor of the uh, Lexus of Blackburn Bay Crits and the Lexus of Blackburn Women's Herald Sun Tour. And uh, they've been uh, uh, also car sponsor for for the uh, Cadell Evans uh, Great Ocean Road Race and the Australian Championship. So wonderful partners. Go and visit the Moore family, uh, Andrew Moore, down at Lexus of Blackburn. Great stuff. Mitchelton, of course. Mitchelton, now we've got an announcement today. We've got a, a winner of the Mitchelton, box of Mitchelton Shiraz. But that is the absolutely magnificent Mitchelton uh, Hotel as a part of the beautiful Mitchelton Winery on the glorious uh, Goulburn River, just on the uh, uh, outskirts of Nagambi. And I'll be up there in a couple of weeks myself. I've uh, booked in for a long weekend for my darling wife's birthday and uh, looking forward to having a, a spa and uh, a massage and, and the works. And it's a wonderful pool you see there on, on, on the left there. Yep. And Let's Go Motorhomes, our great friends at Let's Go. Uh, just, uh, um, we're about to have things changing. Hopefully the, 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 the numbers are down to 14 in, in Melbourne today, in Victoria today. So that means uh, uh, it'll only be a couple of weeks till uh, we open up and uh, let's go motor home. So jump on board now, book it, the early bird special, 90 days in advance, and you get a 5% discount. Um, and get out and uh, have a look at our wonderful state uh, in a let's go Jayco motor home. Geez, you are actually good at the sponsor stuff. You're back, Bills. I think I'm back, yeah. The power's, the power's <laughs> back on, so let's hope for the best. Anyone, right, anyone uh, would think I was in France. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, here's a quick quick uh, message from our mates at Bike Exchange. Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. <clears throat> it's a bike. 374 people are looking at. This guy, this girl, them all looking at it people from here there and wherever this is people that are looking for a bike or just a piece of it amateurs semi-amateurs and pro amateurs this guy wants this bike but with this crank and these bars this could be the perfect match but not this one this girl has a bike to sell, and thousands of people might purchase it. Eyes on Bikes help grow small businesses. His, hers, yours, and the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving. We are the world's number one bike marketplace, with over 500,000 products and 900 brands, where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns, and rides.
Oh, that, she's got me with that accent. I'll tell you what, that is just a great uh, commercial, a great ad. Is it, is, do you reckon she's Dutch? It sounds a bit Dutch, mm. the accent. I don't know. It's good, sure. though. Works. Yeah, it's going to move a lot. It's going to move a lot of product. Um, all right, now's the time. We did an interview with Alan Piper earlier, and it was unbelievable. Some of the insights were were just raw. Uh, and as you said, if he's such a good storyteller, so he's part one of our chat earlier today with uh, UAE Emirates Sports Director Alan Piper. Alan Piper, what can we say, mate? That was absolutely epic. Congratulations! You must you must feel incredible. Yes, yeah, it was it was an incredible day. It was. Uh... A roller coaster of emotions. That's that's really for sure because uh, when the unexpected happens and all the stress of the race and worried about you know everything possibly going wrong that you can't control. But no, no, amazing, amazing day. Yeah, look, I was just talking to Stewie O'Grady just a few minutes ago, and he said that's the most amazing day he's ever seen, and he's seen quite a few amazing days. So um, it's going to uh, it's going to be talked about in, in uh, the years uh, to come, like, like the the, the Fignon and Le Monde uh, battle. It's, it's never going to be forgotten, mate. Yeah, well, you know, you know, John, it's 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 a little bit different when you're when you're inside the bubble of the race, and we're in the COVID bubble, but. It's even more so this year, but when you're inside, you don't really have a perspective of how huge things are, and you don't have those same. We have different impressions, and um, not that I don't know it's huge. It's not that, but it's it's a different impression. Yeah, I um I've right. I rang Neil afterwards and just said, "Mate, unbelievable!" He goes, "Ah, you ripper!" He goes, "That." Bloody hats off to, to Piper and the boys. They were meticulous with that planning for the time trial. Um, obviously, that had a had an effect because you guys just ran such a slick operation. Yeah, we did practice for 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 a lot. I, I went down there in uh, in June as soon as the borders opened, like the, I think the day after or two days after the border opened, after the COVID lockdown and. Um, I was down there for two days and did the course three times myself, once on the bike and twice drove it and um, sort of had an idea of the gears I wanted to put on the bikes and, you know, because a whole differential of, of, of gears for Titi bike than, than with the road bike on the climb. Um, so when we got down there in, in, in July for, 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 the, for the recon with Tade, we had about 10 people there. And um, so we, we, we spent another two days there and he, he could ride the course, you know, he rode the course three times. And then the, the third time we did full simulation, TT suit, uh, TT helmet, full gas 30Ks, um, you know, full gas up the climb, full bike change. You know, we practiced the bike change about 10 times. So he got to the climb, you know, I think Bardet had the record and uh, today was like 10 seconds off the climb record with the bike change included. So we knew, you know, he, he was on the money, you know, 20 days in, you don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, I think he got confidence out of that full gas dry run, you know, and I think I heard yesterday after the finish, he said he knew every pothole in the road. And I think that makes a huge difference as well. Yes, and I, I love the. I mean, your your bike change was so slick, uh, the quickest that we saw from anybody. Whereas Roglic's was actually 
uh, uh, the, probably the worst. And they seem to pick a really bad place to like roll into the hill to, to, to swap it. But anyway, no need to go down there. But look, I did love the, the actual um, when uh, Roglic finally, you know, he sat down the ground. He was being consoled by his teammates. He was absolutely devastated. But the minute he got his act, he, he got straight up. And even though uh, um, your man was getting interviewed at the time, he just walked in, uh, in, in to, up to Pozikar and, and just grabbed him and congratulated him. It was a beautiful moment in sport. Yeah, I thought so as well. I saw the images and I know they get along really well. You know, they're from the same country and they, they uh, you know, they know they know each other well. They, you know, obviously they speak the same language and I, I thought it was just a nice gesture as well. You know, as crushed as, uh, well, as excited as Tade was, you know, as crushed uh, Roglic must have been. And, you know, I think we all felt heart, heartfelt for them as well because, you know, Jumbo Visma, you know, the road like, Okay, we have, like we say in Australia, ten men. <laughs> there are only seven of eight of them, but um, you know they did an amazing job, and it seemed like Roglic was impenetrable. But like I said, you know, the other day, you know, the, the fact that uh, on uh, Thursday they did so much for that to keep Tade away from that four-second bonus for third place at the finish had me already thinking that they were they were worried somehow, you know. I could listen to Alan Piper talk for days. Like he needs to um, add his voice to that calm app. Uh, here's here's part two of our yeah. channel. You probably wouldn't have noticed, but in the in the television, well, you wouldn't have seen this on the television coverage we were watching, and and it, they did it so well. You know, with all the the, the the updates and all the times, you really knew what was happening all the time, which was brilliant. But they had a a, a little cutout of uh, De Moulin and uh, Van Ert. Uh, as as the last three or four k when it was coming down and the, and you could see the tour slipping away from them, it had them up on the screen and you could just see, uh, just it, it was gut wrenching to watch it. It was just terrible, actually. Poor buggers. Yeah. Mm. So take us through the moment. Oh, sorry. You're on, mate. I was just going to say, can you can you take us through the moment when your brain is going, holy shit, we can win this? In the was it. Or was it after the finish when it really sunk in? Yeah, all of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, you know. Um, uh, yesterday morning, I like I said, I was super nervous, super nervous about everything going wrong, wrong, and and I did follow Christoph, who was one of the first off riders off uh, yesterday lunchtime. You know, one my first rider off, and I followed him. We did a dry run, you know. I had, had Matt in my driver and had the, had the mechanic in the back and we did the bike change like we were going to do the bike change with, with Tade. And I talked to Alex like I was going to talk to Tade in the radio even though he was going 10 kilometres an hour slower. <laughs> and and, and I, 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 I settled down after that So um, because I sort of felt like we had control over the situation and the bike, the bike change had, had me most worried, you know. Um, but when you get into the race, you know, the first split, you know, he was one second behind Dumoulin and I didn't think he rode that fast until then. So they sort of, I was questioning whether he was going fast at all. Um, and that, but then, you know, uh, Roglic was 13 seconds behind and I, and I told him, but I said, look, stick to the plan, keep your tempo, don't change anything because I didn't want to get in the, 
him getting excited and, and, and digging deeper when it was too early to dig deep because maybe Roglic had a different plan. So, you know, even going further to the second split and on the climb and you hear the times coming back and you, you can see the difference there. Okay, it starts to sink in, but even when, when we got to the team parking and Tade had crossed the line and Roglic was still a kilometre to go and we knew we had it in the bag, you, you sort of can't let go until it's official, until it crosses the line. And... Mm. Um, yeah, so it was an amazing feeling. But where where was the actual spot where you may, maybe not actually said where, but where you thought, yeah, we we've got this, you know? Watching it from us, it was about four k to go when the, the times almost became uh, level. The, the deficit had all gone, and you could see Roglic was not going as well. So for for me, four four or five k to go, I thought that was it. What, yeah, for, was your I spot? think from from the bike change, you knew it was. It was more or less in the bag, unless Roglic pulled out a huge climb. But you know, Tade was going so good on the climb. You know, he he made it look flat. So you know, but like like you know, like I said, you can't get get ahead of yourself. And even today, it's not over till the lady sings. Mm. <laughs> and and what was what was Tade saying um, when you spoke to him after after the race? Oh, not not not. He didn't say too much. He just said, you know, just said thanks for everything. You know, he's he's a kid, Dan. Like I don't know if I said this the other day, but takes everything on board that I say, which is amazing and so gratifying. You know, whether it be tire pressure or gears, and not only yesterday but other days. And you know, like I said to him, you know, Cadell was already always in the top thirty. You got to be in the top thirty so you don't take any time splits. And you know, followed that through every day. He was on the money. Um, you know, he's, he, he's just a great kid, and there aren't a lot of words, but you know, we did have a have a hug and a cry. So <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Now you've had some amazing moments in sport. You're a, you're a superstar rider yourself. You know, you're right at that top end. You uh, just missed the medal at the Worlds. I remember that was must have been frustrating for you. But putting this in perspective of all the wonderful highs you've had with Cadell, of course, this must rate uh, close to, uh, to to number one. Oh, yeah. Yesterday was the culmination of my life. Not just my cycling life, but my life. Uh, this is the part when Al really starts to open up uh, and we get some amazing insights. You know, you, you, some, you know, your life has it has has a purpose and I think mine was sort of planned out from the time I was a kid. First time I put my leg over a bike, you know, I I, I, I wanted a bike from when I was a little kid and every Christmas time came around and there was always something else. I got a camera or something else and I, I just wanted a bike. And from the moment I got a bike, I was, I was like free and, you know, I didn't start racing till a couple of years later, but you know, those first races, sort of your life has a destiny. You know, how the hell did I arrive in Belgium when I was 17 years old in two weeks? I mean, how did I carve out a career out of that? It's like, you know, how does that stuff happen? It's like there seems to be a destiny in all of it. But it seems like destiny came around yesterday, you know, just yeah, the stars aligned. Yeah, and people wouldn't know, oh, wow. uh, Al, about that, that wonderful journey of yours. I remember being over in Belgium when you come over and you come popped over as a junior, and uh, we uh, uh, and to watch you, you, you were you were very very successful straight away, and uh, you you made all the top Belgian uh, juniors 
take notice. As a matter of fact, the famous world famous Planket family adopted you because they were too scared to have you outside their bubble. So they took you into their bubble, which was amazing. Yeah, it was, was amazing, John. Uh, had a lot of good people giving me a lot of good support over the years, you know, and, you know, that, I think that's – you've got to be grateful for that, you know, signpost and people willing to do something for you and, and, and give you a hand along the way. It makes a huge difference. And, you know, this culminating in this in this Tour de France, you know, Steve-O got me the job at UAE a couple of years ago and, you know, I had – treatment for cancer last year and the team kept me on board even though I'd been out most of the year and you know brought me to the Tour de France as lead DS I had the opportunity of a lifetime and you know just just uh was it been my focus for three months I haven't thought about anything else I haven't done anything else just you know focusing on details and 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 you know I gave two weeks ago you know we talked about top five at the start of the tour you know in the meeting and did a, a rest day meeting, you know, the two rest days. The first rest day I gave him an example of, of Garmin 2012 when I was there. I said, look, I've led to the Grand Tour only once before, and that was 2012 at Garmin, and we won the Giro, and we won, we won it with a half-cock team, and we won it because we, we had a plan and we just stuck to it, and the stars aligned. And I, I said I can feel an analogy with that year to – what we're doing now and I respect all you guys but it is just the same we don't have the strength in numbers but we need to stick to the plan and and every day we went through that and riding at the front and staying together and looking after Tade and no time splits and you know a couple we had a couple of mishaps along the way but it's like you, you couldn't write a better scenario you just couldn't write a better scenario not even two weeks ago I said the ideal scenario was we get time back on Col de la Loza. He takes the yellow jersey in the time trial so we don't have to defend and we slip into Paris in our slippers. <laughs> didn't, didn't quite go that way until Col de la Loza and I, I was a bit despondent, but, yeah, we, we, he pulled it off. He pulled it off. Amazing. And this is the final part uh, with our chat with is that, is, is that the key, do you think? Because we often talk about, you know, the, we're in the middle of this pandemic and people are looking for inspiration and, and you know, you, you're at the top of the mountain now. Is that the key to never stop believing, you know, be as prepared as, as you can? Are these the sort of the stories that people are going to extract from this tour from what you guys have done? Yeah, I think, you know, you got to that, – that's the thing. It's not always – as easy as keep fighting, you know. Um, but but it is in a sense just like that, you know, picking yourself up off the ground and, and you know, keep moving forwards. You know, when I had cancer last night, we had, we had a little party last night when we arrived at the hotel at midnight party. We had dinner and we had a glass and, you know, everyone said a word. And I said, look, last year I, I was, you know, couldn't walk down to the corner with the Tour de France passed like 200 metres from my house because of the cancer treatment, but yet I'm back here at the Tour with you guys. So, you know, it's like you've got to keep believing, you know, that things are going to be better. And what I've learned through my life is everything is just a phase, you know. No matter how bad it is or how hard it is at that moment, it will pass. 
everything is just a phase you know so if you can if you can split it up like that that things are just phases then that doesn't seem insurmountable you know that's beautiful uh, it's Listen, awesome, mate, you're also put, putting your aussie hat on um how good was uh, uh richie's ride yeah really awesome it was great to see him bring it home in a time trial which you know he's always been good at but over the years sort of gone off a little bit but yesterday it was a huge ride and I saw him yesterday. I was I was at the car, you know, um, but went in the car parking when we got to the finish, and he he, he rode down past me and stopped, and we had a hug. And yeah, he's a gem of a guy, gem of a guy. He was great to work with, and uh, we, you know, probably the only rider I've ever stayed at his house. Well, I stayed at Rowan Dennis's house, but you know, went down to Monaco and stayed with Richie a couple of times in his apartment, and you know, so. We have a good relationship, and he was, you know, he sent me a message last night, and he said, "Can you tell you guys they need to ride faster the finish because I have a plane to catch?" So, <laughs> so I, I sent it to my guys in in our rider WhatsApp group here, and today came back with a thumbs up. <laughs> well, well, mate. Oh, well, that's fantastic, mate! It's been right. great, unbelievable, pal. I got to go. Yeah. Now, I've got one good bit of news for you, mate. The Tigers are going well. You're looking really strong, pal. I heard it, mate. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. But, no, we, we really appreciate those insights, mate. Phenomenal. We're super proud of everything you've achieved, and it is just such an awesome story what you guys have done. So um, enjoy the final day, and, um, yeah, it's it, we really appreciate you coming on, mate. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye-bye. Congratulations, Thank pal. You, that's one of the best interviews I reckon I've seen, Ify. Hands down. Like, the, the way he spoke and how uh, honest he was and just to come back, like, I mean, the guy had cancer. He couldn't walk down 200 metres to watch the race. And 12 months later, he's on, on top of the world and, and had a big influence on the success of that team, just how calming he is, how prepared he was. Um, he's an absolute legend. Absolutely, oh, he, is. he is. I can remember that because the tour started in, in Brussels uh, last year. He lives in, in Gerardsbergen, the famous uh, town where you know, the Mur the Mur is, and the and the race, as he said, went right about hundred meters from his uh, front door. And I was going down in the day before to go for a, just a, a coffee with him, and, and he rang me and said, "Mate." He, he couldn't even do that as he was that unwell. He couldn't even meet me for that coffee. He said, I can't do it, mate. So uh, it's great to see the, the turnaround. And I, I've been through it, so I know exactly how tough it can be. Um, but he's a fighter. He's been all his life, you know, for a youngster, on, completely on his own, going to Belgium with no no one to back him up. And just going there as a junior, getting adopted by, by the Plankets and going on to be a Wonderful professional uh, with Peugeot and with uh, uh, he was with uh, Phil Anderson at Peugeot and Phil Anderson at Panasonic. Um, yeah, a, a, a series of good pro. It's, it's just a great story. Bills, when he was talking about how you know, no matter how tough it gets, it's just phases. Um, obviously, you know, you you, you would have been gutted uh, crashing out of the tour, but when you hear things like that, does it give you that inspiration to go, yeah, no, like you know, we're going to get out of this or? Yeah, you know, it keeps you moving forward. Yeah, look, mate, I, I I learned a long time ago that, and I sort of try to live my life by this philosophy that your life is a book, and in, and in every book there's chapters, and you know there's some chapters are awesome, and some chapters are absolute shit. But like Alan says, you know, 
every, every bad moment, and we, we all go through bad moments. And in sport, we go through a lot of a lot of lows, often more lows than highs, but they always do pass. And look, life is simple. At the end of the day, as long as you put one foot in front of the other, you're moving in the right direction. So that's that's you know how I've always tried to look at it when I've had injuries and how I'm looking at this this one at the moment. And Alan shone a light on that. Um, you know, he's gone through some absolutely uh, horrific times over the last couple of years with his cancer and being unwell and everything. Um, he was given the opportunity to to come back into the sport uh, at UAE. He was given the opportunity this year to to lead, uh, be the lead director, and now they've won the Tour de France. So it's simple as that. One foot in front of the other, you keep moving in the right direction, and and, uh, and then eventually that, that phase will pass. And, and you just have to stay motivated and inspired and 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 believe that, that those moments will pass. Well, we've come to that part of the show, boys. It's Detour DeLorean. Uh, he's the stink. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. I was like, what, what am I going to play for the last step of the detour? Like, I'm going through my old computers, trying to dig out, oh, do we just play music? But now we've chewed all those up. So I just thought I'd play the, the montage at the end of the final backstage pass. I still haven't watched the final backstage pass again because I was an emotional wreck. When, uh, I, I remember sang. that. Oh, it just floored me. I remember the final day, I, I got up and I felt physically sick. Like it just, I just felt off because I'm like, I am going to miss all these guys so much. Like, and that was such a big period of my life, you know, doing the backstages. And um, I remember that night when I had to get up and speak to everyone, I just <laughs> fell in a heap. It wasn't my uh, finest moment. But uh, yeah, one of, I the just, cha- one of the chapters, mate. It's one of the chapters. That's, that's right. So th- here's the montage, which is a bit of a highlights package of the, of the time that uh, we're doing the backstage with Greenwich. We're really after a committed performance. You know, Johnny Farnham, the next Johnny Farnham, could be sitting here. Freedom! I choose. Yeah, I'll take 50. Oh, this is bullshit. You f***ing <laughs> You know who this bloke is in the car? Can't see. Oh, <laughs> Don't worry about it. Well, that went well, didn't it? Fanny <laughs> King. Yeah. make strawberry good one, there, Jules. It's uh, come to this, boys. Always keep riding. Whatever happens. Run for South Africa! Bomba!
how a real rock star does it. Absolutely superb result. Shorty said it's too big, he said no, not for long. Shorty <laughs> Cabrinas, the best team in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Guys, thanks very much for everything. It's a special team, and special things happen on a special team. Yeah, yeah that's a good one to finish on, I reckon. Just summed it all up. How good is cycling? Ah, oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. And as I said, like the, the tour in September, I actually haven't minded at all. It's been great. Oh, it's been amazing. And Bules, it's been absolutely sensational to yeah. spend the last week and a half uh, uh, with you joining us, mate. It's been uh, terrible for you to have to step down from being in the race to put up with us too, but it's been fantastic, mate. Mate, I've enjoyed every moment. It's got me through the last 10 days. I would have, would have been a... Would have been a crappy 10 days if I was just lying on the couch feeling sorry for myself. So it's been nice to come on here, talk about the race, have a laugh with you guys, interact with the with the fans and the listeners. Uh, bloody enjoyed it. I'll be back again at some point. Uh, this will be my my. I can't I can't commit iffy for for the detour podcast forever. I've got uh, <laughs> another podcast I need to get off the ground as well. Yeah. I've also yeah, got right. I've got an arm and a rib I need to get healed. I need to get back on the bike. I've got some races on. Um, I'm shooting for. I'm motivated to try and get healthy for again. So that's going to be my priority going forward for next month. But hey, I'd love to come back on the detour pod at, uh, at when you're and doing the bay crits, mate. You set and, yourself for the bay crits. Yeah, well, <laughs> only a few weeks away the way the way this season's going. Yeah. I haven't been to the bay crits for a long time. I have done them, but I haven't been there for a long yeah, time. It's been a long while. Now, final now, predictions. Yeah, predictions. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm, I've only got one. And, and uh, he's going to win. He's he's going to defend his uh, uh, um, title in Paris. Caleb Ewan. Mm. I'm. I, you know what? I'm going for Mezjek. I'm just going all chips in. Come on, Luca! Like you got amazing form, amazing legs. What an amazing story! You can do it, mate. Who do you reckon Bills is going to win? Yeah, I'd love love to see Mezjek win. Um, my heart. My hundred percent of my heart is in with with, with Meza, um, but I, I think Van Art will, will win today. Yeah. All right. Well, interesting. Uh, thanks to everyone who uh, submitted questions. Um, the winner of the prize, Ify, for the Mitrodin uh, wine, Shiraz. You want to announce it? Sam Bewley, super fan. Wendy, yes. super fan. Wendy, <laughs> super fan. Wendy shared the show every day on her Facebook profile. She got involved with the questions. Uh, yeah, she's been just an absolute trooper. So, Wendy, we'll get your details and, and we'll send you the, the Mitchell and Shiraz. And uh, as we said, big thanks to all the sponsors, uh, Lexus, Let's Go Motorhomes, Mitchell and Wines, Bike Exchange, uh, and a big thanks to you, Ify, uh, for every night giving you insights, the old detour stories. Uh, it's been, been fantastic, mate. 
Dan, and you've been a legend, mate. You uh, you really make the show. You put it all together. You've been a bit sloppy on some of your uh, withdrawing of bets, but yeah. other than that, it's <laughs> yeah. been an amazing three weeks. Yeah. Well, as we said, thanks again for everyone tuning in, and uh, we'll be back sometime soon. So make sure that you keep in touch with all the developments. Facebook.com forward slash Detour Pod. Subscribe. Tell your mates, and uh, we'll see you again sometime in the near future. Cheers.